Hello, everyone, and welcome to Eliminated, a Royal Rumble podcast where we take a look at the inconsistencies of the Royal Rumble match. Okay, Jim, today we're talking about uh, this one Royal Rumble match that no one, that it seems like no one really likes. Agreed. Um, in fact, I was thinking of just about walking away from it. But is it is it the worst? Yeah, guys, this is relive some trauma for me. Is it the worst one? Well, you know, previously my worst one, I would give the award to worst one for 2016, and I would say also, I don't think it's coincidence that the two worst ones are right next to each other in this time period. Um, but Bill, before we go any further, we have a guest. Please introduce the guest who was kind of introduced in the last episode. Yeah, he kind of was in the last episode introduced, but we're going to introduce him anyway. So let's welcome in at this time, Ben. Hello, Ben. Hey, guys. Ben, how are you doing? Um, Can you tell us all about your uh, background with pro wrestling and, you know, kind of what you follow, what you, um, you know, how long you've been a fan? Just basic stuff so we can get a gist of you as a wrestling fan. Sure thing. Uh, So I started watching wrestling uh, sometime around 1992, right around the same time as my uh, co-host on Contesting Wrestling, uh, Doc Diamondfire. And uh, I I, I was aware of wrestling beginning in the late 80s, early 90s, but I didn't really start watching until uh, mid to late 92. And I remember a very significant event being Bret Hart being crowned as the WWF champion and turning on superstars. They announced he was the new champion. And I was like, oh, this guy is cool. So I was definitely a Bret Hart fan uh, for most of my childhood. And then um, right around the time that the Montreal Screwjob happened, it also coincided with me uh, soon after starting high school. So it was kind of the perfect storm to make me stop watching wrestling for a while. So for a couple of years, I wasn't really a big fan. I'd catch it here and there. I did some E-fed wrestling when that was a thing. Um, And then, uh, but then starting around uh, college, really, when I met Doc uh, one summer, we both had these big VHS collections of wrestling and we went through them all and we... Uh, exhausted our collections and then we were like all right it's time to get into indie wrestling and really from then on i got deeply back into wrestling um i became a big fan of daniel bryan and cm punk uh first brian danielson who eventually became daniel bryan and yeah i've been a pretty hardcore wrestling fan since then all right very very good good. and so the 2015 royal rumble is upon us we have a lot of things to, mm, I don't know if I want to say rant about, but because certainly this is, I think most people would agree this one's not one of the better ones overall, um, but there's definitely stuff that is interesting for this particular evaluation podcast. Um, Bill, I only have a few things pre-Royal Rumble stuff, but before we do that, Tell us what is going on during this, in my opinion, horrible time in wrestling. All right. Well, why don't we start with our roll call of champions? 
So we're going to start with WWE. And at this time, going into the Rumble, Brock Lesnar is the WWE champion. So, Jim, we're like a year and a half away from the Brock Lesnar Memorial title being even a thing. Um, Rusev is the United States champion. The Intercontinental champion is Bad News Barrett. The tag team champions are the Usos. The Divas champion is Nikki Bella. Impact, their world champion is Bobby Lashley. The X Division champion is Low Key. The Knockouts champion is Rosemary. Their tag team champions are the team of Abyss and James Storm. Yes. That is that's an interesting. I forgot about that pair. I, did I forget or did I not want to remember? I don't know. <laughs> uh, in Ring of Honor, Jay Briscoe is their world champion. The World Tag Team Champions are Red Dragon, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly. And the World Television Champion is Jay Lethal. Now, usually when uh, I discuss some of the things going on, there's usually about three things that are going on. But I'm going to, basically for this time, it's going to be like one or two because they're pretty big. So... At the Survivor Series, mm-hmm. there was an, an, a match where if Team Authority lost, Stephanie and Triple H would be out of power. That is the night that Sting makes his WWE debut, costs the Authority the match, and ultimately their job. Mm-hmm. Only a month later, John Cena is forced by Seth Rollins to bring the authority back because there was some stipulation where John Cena was the only person that could bring the authority back. So Seth was going to hurt Edge, break his neck or something like that, and John Cena was forced to bring the authority back. Because of this, Seth Rollins gets added into the WWE title match for the Royal Rumble, which was originally Lesnar and Cena. So now we have a triple threat match. Mm-hmm. At that same episode of Raw, Ryback, Eric Rowan, and Dolph Ziggler are all fired because they were on John Cena's team at the Survivor Series. So because of this, John Cena tries everything to get those three men back on on the roster. And it comes down to an episode of Raw before the Rumble where Cena is in a three-on-one handicap match where if he wins, Ryback, Rowan, and Ziggler get their jobs back. If he loses, he's out of the title match at the Royal Rumble. And guess who would make his return there? Sting. Sting would come out, help John Cena, and Cena wins the match to keep his spot in the triple threat match, and Ryback, Rowan, and Ziggler get their job back. So we're into this point where Sting has made two appearances, screwing with the authority. At the same time, both... Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan are coming back from injury, and they both declare their entry 
for the Royal Rumble match. Okay. So, Ben, I have a question for you. Sure. So where were you at in like around this time in 2015 in your life? In my life? In uh, your well, life, yeah. Well, I was finishing my PhD in philosophy. I finished it actually just before WrestleMania 31, uh, or actually just afterwards. But that was sort of uh, my girlfriend at the time uh, bought bought us WrestleMania tickets um, as a as a congratulations present. So uh, that was cool. <laughs> so we went to California. We were actually at WrestleMania 31. Okay. But in okay. term in terms of being a wrestling fan. This was sort of a dip in my fandom, for sure. Um, I was very happy to see Daniel Bryan win the title at the previous WrestleMania, at WrestleMania 30. And I was kind of like, you know what? That might be kind of it for me. You know, now that he was out of the picture and there was nothing that was really exciting to me. The indies weren't really exciting to me at the time. I wasn't watching a lot of indie stuff. I had been out of watching Ring of Honor for quite a while at the time. uh, And I hadn't really gotten into the new crop of... Uh, indie talents that were coming up so and I was starting this you know I was really about to start my career as a philosopher so I was like you know what maybe it's time to leave wrestling behind I was still watching Uh, but yeah so this is a sort of transitional period for me as a wrestling fan and a transitional period for wrestling itself I think do you know it's so interesting to me and by the way I have no idea if this is something that um that you would get like that you get from other random people, but um, congratulations on your PhD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I have no idea if that's something, like I said, I don't know um, if that's a normal courtesy, but certainly congratulations. Um, I'm in the same boat as you oddly. So it was around survivor series of 2014, I believe um, where like around that period, I was like, ah, I'm just like, really, I haven't, hadn't been into the product. Anyone that's listened to this show knows, like, I'm really not a fan of the 2010s for the Mm -hmm. most part. Um, And I just kind of stepped away. In fact, Bill was the one that saddened me a few weeks ago when he actually told me there was the Sting versus Triple H match and what happened. I mean, (laughs) I kind of wish we recorded that because I was very upset about all that transpired. So, I mean, yeah. yeah, I think I said before uh, at the beginning of the show that this was really reliving trauma because it was exciting to see Daniel Bryan come back and the possibility of him, you know, coming back to reclaim the title that he never lost felt really great. But then, and I will get into this a lot, I'm sure this rumble itself was such a freaking downer. Mm-hmm. OK, so pre-match stuff, things that would affect the Royal Rumble. Um, I have interviews from Roman Reigns, um, a Stardust promo. Interesting note, worst Big Show promo ever. <laughs> I don't even remember it. Like, I wrote is this note Is it worse down. than generic? What? Is it worse than generic? Probably, if I wrote this note. <laughs> and, oh, this is a great note. Our Fandango and Rosa going to fuck. <laughs> because that is the impression that I got from their interview. You know, <laughs> on Contesting Wrestling, we, re- we talked about Rosa a little bit because she was in that uh, match where Ray Lee defended the Divas title against the entire Divas roster 
at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had totally forgotten that whole Rosa Fandango pairing. My brain had just deleted it, probably for good reason. I wonder, but also, I, I feel like it probably wasn't a very long um, pairing, right? Yeah, Bill, Bill I, you probably I, know more of that than us do, because apparently me and Ben were both kind of like, yeah, we're kind of out at this right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm trying to think how long that was. What, it what, couldn't have been more than like four or five months. Was it longer than B squared? <laughs> yeah, it was longer than B squared. For those that <laughs> are wondering, B squared reference from the 2003 Royal Rumble, uh, in which we talk about a possible B squared podcast. Oh, actually, here we here we go. Um, they paired up. Their new, their debut together was in the pre-show match at the Survivor Series, and it lasted all the way until the April thirteenth episode of Raw. Wow! So that's why you probably don't remember that. B squared with that full Buchanan. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just checking. Participant in that uh, two thousand three Royal Rumble. Gotcha. How amazing is Stardust during that Stardust and Goldust promo? Uh, I love Stardust. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to say. I, I don't know. Not for me. Um, yeah, I wasn't. I remember being disgusted even hearing that Sting was in WWE. Uh, I figured he'd be the one guy that would just never be there. Um, the announcers are Michael Cole, Jerry Lawler, and JBL. Our intervals are every two minutes, which means... Are they? I thought it was every 90 seconds. Are you... Uh-oh. Did I do something wrong? I think you did, because I heard every 90 seconds. Can we Can we cross-check this? Because this is this literally affects the entire show. This entire episode is dependent on it. Let me... You cross-check it while I talk to Ben. Ben... We right. talked about you. You talked about you're a, a studier of philosophy. Um, That's right. Did Did you find that coming into without giving too much into it? Um, did you find that come into play during this event? Like how you looked at certain things, as opposed to maybe when it actually happened, you didn't really look at it that way. Um, you know, I really felt very much the same way watching it back this time as I think that I did originally. Uh, where philosophy comes into it. I mean, I think in terms of philosophy of wrestling and like what wrestling is supposed to do and, uh, what makes good wrestling, I think this is an interesting study because there's the, there's the distinction between, you know, what the audience would want if you asked them what they wanted. And this was clearly not it. Right. (laughs) But in booking wrestling, I think, what you have to navigate is you have to think about, well, what does the audience really deeply, maybe subconsciously want in the long run? And you want to give them that eventually. And part of doing that is to upset them sometimes, to not give them what they want sometimes. And so I think, you know, that was supposed to be at least part of what was going on in this Royal Rumble. But I think, I don't know, I think they underestimated how much people would dislike Roman Reigns. Right. I just, I just think it's interesting. Like if you, if you like now watch certain things in wrestling with like a different, cause that's when, when uh, doc was on the last episode and he started telling us a little bit about you. The thing I found the most interesting was the philosophy thing. And I want, I was really curious if this would, you know, 
being a studier of that would somehow affect the way you thought about it and like what you're watching um, as far as like storylines or characters or anything like that goes. I was very, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I really, in, as far as characters are concerned, um, I'm, I'm very influenced by the philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche and his whole idea that the self is something that is composed to some degree, that we sort of curate the characters that we are. And I think that's something very explicit when it comes to wrestling. Wrestling characters, the best wrestling characters, are sort of curated versions of the actual um, wrestlers, the actual people who are playing the wrestling characters. Uh, mm -hmm. The best ones are connected to who they actually are deep down. And that's sort of, a, I think, a commonplace thing that's recognized by commentators on wrestling. Uh, in the like sort of larger sense, I think about wrestling from a philosophical perspective where I think about it as a type of art form that has a certain um, unique character to itself. And what I think is unique about pro wrestling is that the audience is a constituent element of the artwork itself. You are working on the audience to get their reaction and the way that they react to what happens in the ring is part of the artwork, is part of what you're sort of critically scrutinizing mm -hmm. if you scrutinize it from an aesthetic perspective. So I like interesting crowd reactions. You know, and to that degree, in some ways, this is a perfect a, one. If, yeah. If not a good wrestling match, it's a really interesting one from an aesthetic perspective because the crowd does seem to react in a way that is in conflict with what the producers of, of the wrestling, what the WWE wanted from them or maybe not. Right. <laughs> and that's sort of one of the other interesting questions is. What did they really want out of the audience reaction here? Were they really trying to upset people? I think not in the not ultimately. Ultimately, they wanted people to get behind Roman Reigns, sure. and they were trying to manipulate the crowd into doing it, but this crowd was totally recalcitrant. And it's interesting how the WWE has, as the crowd has gotten more informed, they're paying attention more, they're communicating more on the internet, the smart fans have become sort of the majority Mm. at least of the vocal people who are there at the shows. And the way that the WWE has had to um, change in order to accommodate that, I find very fascinating. Yeah, I mean, this, like I said, that's the thing I was most excited about, and it, it will really give this particular episode of this podcast a really interesting vibe. I'm like, like looking back at it, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so glad I gave him this one. Like, mm -hmm. they, or that you're the one doing this one, I should say. Um, Bill, do we have a verdict here? Uh, yeah, it is every 90 seconds. Okay, I was going to say, if you didn't find it, I would concede, because we got to start this thing up here. Um, so that we have 90 seconds to talk about, or yeah. we have... Nope, so here's what it is, Ben. So uh, every, the, the, the entrants come out every 90 seconds, which means our intervals will be what, Bill? Every seven and a half minutes. There we gotcha. go. Okay, let's start it. Start that time. All right. Let's start. Entries one through five. One, The Miz. Two, R-Truth. Three, Bubba Ray Dudley. Four, Luke Harper. Five, Bray Wyatt. And I have, during this segment, eliminated Miz, Truth, and Dudley. And we're going to start the conversation with Ben. 
Okay. Um, well, number one, before they even announced the first entrance, there was a blue pants sign in the audience. I Shout see out that. to Bates. Yeah. Um, I thought it was funny that uh, as the first entrant comes out, um, they mentioned that only two people have ever won the Rumble from the number one position, but they only name one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. Mm, yes, uh, he who shall not be named, but uh, we, I'll name him. But he's totally <laughs> named in 2004 Royal Rumble in the archives. Yep. <laughs> um, so I, uh, just a few notes. Um, awesome Truth was an underrated team, I think. And I don't think they ever really uh, capitalized fully on uh, what the what tr the character that Truth could have been coming out of their breakup. That heel Truth character was, I think, dynamite. And you know, I think Truth has really never gotten his due as a performer. Mm. Um, also about Truth, how long was he doing the "Whoop There It Is" thing at the end of his <laughs> at the end of his rap? Um, well, you know what I thought was interesting about R-Truth, and I'm curious what you guys thought. I thought he, like, as he was singing, he was already out of breath. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I wonder what the reason was for that. Yeah. Um, it was interesting that he subbed in for Devon for the Dudley spots. Oh, yeah, <laughs> let's talk about that, how you, apparently they're like, yeah, we'll just put, replace one black guy with another black guy. Yeah, basically. Yeah. It was funny, at a recent House of Glory show, um, Bubba and Devon were there, and Bubba yells for Devon to get the tables, and Devon gets on the mic and he's like, you know what, I've been getting the tables for like 25 years. Someone else get the tables this time. <laughs> Make him do it. Yeah, I think they made Tommy Dreamer do it, because he was there too. Uh, I have a note here, The Miz tries to fly away. Okay. No, because I think he does something with his arms. And, like, it looked like he was trying to fly. I don't know. Some idiot started a You Still Got It chant at Miz and Truth. That's You're right. active competitors. Of course you should still have it. <laughs> you should have never lost it. What are you talking about? Um, I was upset at the time. I guess I still kind of am. About Bubba Ray Dudley because, coming out as Bubba Ray Dudley. Because I w this was the time where I was like, this bully Ray character, the bully Ray character was proof that like he can do shit by himself. Mm -hmm. Why not have him come by himself? It's just more of WWE uh, stuck you. in the past. Yeah. Can you hear me? Ben? Now I can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got, I, you cut out for a second, but um, yeah, he even had the old school Dudley glasses though. Uh, I kind of appreciated that, yeah. but no, I see what you mean. Uh, bully Ray, uh, never got a chance to shine on a stage that wasn't TNA, and that's a shame. Right, and he was hot, especially in 2015. This is when he was hot, too. Yeah. Like, and it's just a shame because it's one of those other instances, other proof, ah, other, one of these instances that's proof that WWE is just constantly stuck in the past these days. There are like, so many missed opportunities in this Rumble, I feel like. That's, like, my notes are constantly, oh, I wish they had done this, I wish they had done that. Like, having Harper and Wyatt really feud, or really involving Harper more in that, that later match between Wyatt and Orton at WrestleMania, which was a stinker of a match. Mm -hmm. If Harper had been involved, it would have been interesting. He was what made that whole feud interesting. I also have a note, did someone sedate JBL? He seems calmer than usual. Really? Because he was 
I noticed he talked a lot. Like he would say, like, "Oh, the number seven position's never won the rumble before." Yeah, but the he's not yelling three. about it though. No, that's true though. That is. He true. did know all the stats though. Yeah, that was interesting. I don't know if I don't remember if we got any sports analogies. We'll figure that no, out. No, I don't God. think we did on this one. Good. Like just like. Uh, didn't someone tell someone to shut up about sports analogies in the 2011 Royal Rumble? I think it was Cole. No, it was Miz. Miz told Matt Stryker to shut up because he was talking about the tallest hockey player that played in that build. <laughs> He's like, shut up. No one cares about that. Good times. Listen to the archives of the 2011 Royal Rumble uh, in in the Eliminated Archives. Bill, what do you have for this segment? And how much time do we have left as well? Uh, we have 2.22 in Great, this plenty segment. of time. Good, Bill. What do you got? Uh, well, I feel like when Miz and R-Truth started, I wrote, I feel like I've seen this before. And for a moment, I thought, didn't these two start a Rumble together? And then I, it took me a moment to realize they didn't, but they, it was like one year, I think it was like 2012, where one of them came out at number one and the other came out at three. Yeah. So, um, Lillian Garcia, as she's doing the rules of the match, we could see the Spanish announced team's table being reconstructed. Okay. So after 20 plus years, they're finally showing respect to those guys for having to deal with everyone going through their table. Right. Um, and I have a lot of signs for this one. And the thing that I've learned is Philly might be the best city with signs for the Royal Rumble. Okay. So I have, because we do, we do have time. Where's Lolly? L O L L Y. You like a lollipop. Right. Uh, fluff head. I have the fluff head sign as well. Uh, blue pants, as as Ben mentioned. Joe leave, not Bo leave. Joe leave. Oh, that's all right. Hi, Patty. Oh, that's very nice of that person. I know. Jen Evans equals Houdini. You cut off a little bit. Say that one again. Jen Evans equals Houdini. Okay. And the guy behind me can't see. All right. And I have one for the next segment as well. So Great. I'm glad the signs are coming back, guys. Yes. If it's not signs, it's animals. If it's not animals, it's signs. That's what I've learned at this point in the podcast. I mean, we only have like four or five episodes left here. So <laughs> yeah. It's hard to believe we've gone through all so, these Royal Rumbles. Right. So well, Houston have, should have, have some rumbles. good ones. You have two Rumbles per year, the last couple. Yeah, um, and we and, are, we still have the 2019 Women's Rumble coming out. And then the greatest Royal Rumble as well. Are you going to do that one? Did it already. Hold on, we got the clock coming. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Six through ten. Six, Curtis Axel. Seven, the Boogeyman. Eight, Sin Cara. Nine, Zack Ryder. Ten, Daniel Bryan. I have during this segment eliminated Harper, Boogeyman, Sin Cara, Ryder. Um, and we'll start off the discussion with Bill. And FYI, everyone, uh, we have done the Greatest Royal Rumble. You can check it out in the archives. Basically, Ben, after the 1993 Royal Rumble, we decided to just go out of order. We're like, okay. let's just bounce around. Like, that's why we haven't done the 2019 Royal Rumble, but, like, we've done the 2019 Men's Royal Rumble. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, this is actually perfect timing because... 2019 Women's Rumble, I meant to say. Right. Because Curtis Axel comes out. Yes, He's number six. And Eric Rowan attacks him. Axel never makes it to the match. Rowan goes in. And they are explaining how Rowan is not a participant in the match because he failed in his qualifying match to get in the Royal Rumble. And I wrote down, why are they letting him in the ring if he's not a participant? Correct. And why aren't they letting him in the Rumble? Because there's sort of an unwritten rule that's been established by precedent that you can just jump someone and take their spot. Well, Another, we're going to get to that it, later. because there's, there's a Again, this is a podcast that evaluates the inconsistencies of the Royal Rumble, and this okay. is a big one that we're going to talk about later on, but I'm not ready to rant about it yet. But um, they could have just allowed him to be in, because he ends up getting thrown out anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Does yeah, it's okay. Yeah. So, yeah, this is kind of a two-parter, where like I, I, we're acknowledging this now, but I'm going to have something to say later on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Eric Rowan attacks Axel, who I was sad about because I was excited to be, see Curtis Axel. Um, Wyatt's by himself, but Axel's still in. And then I put, if not, why is it allowed? Of course. Mm-hmm. Then one of the announcers says, Eater of Worlds versus the Eater of Worms. I wrote, I hate it. Oh, uh, that was a great match. Bray, I thought that was a great call from Cole. Bray Wyatt op- issues an open invitation for what? Wyatt sings, and I say this sucks, and then, thank God, Zack Ryder came out. But shocker, I feel like this might be my feeling on this whole rumble, what I'm about to say. Shocker, so something happens to be excited about, only for it to end almost immediately. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, apparently Hulk Hogan picked Daniel Bryan to win? Yeah, but I have that. (laughs) I have too. Um, It's, you know... I, I thought it was interesting uh, that Wyatt promos in the middle after he's cleared the ring. And I was surprised that there was no CM Punk chant because Punk had done it so much better. Not at that point in the match. It happens later. Um, I have I have it in my notes for 6 to 10. Oh, okay. Well, we'll find Maybe out. I'm... We're going to get to it sooner or later if it yeah. comes up again. I, I also liked Cole's call where he's like, Sister Abigail, a reference to his late sister, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch that. Good catch. We yeah. never got it. That's another missed opportunity. We never really got the whole Sister Abigail thing fleshed out. Mm-hmm. Like, we sort of did, right? Like, they started to to make that into an actual thing and then just abandoned it. I feel like I wasn't yeah, watching but, at the, at this point, so I can't really judge on that. Yeah, but look at what we get as a replacement. Rambling Rabbit, my lord and savior. I mean, he is pretty great. I mean, he's dying for my sins. Oh, God. <laughs> I, wonder what, I wonder what our uh, our 1991 guest, Josiah, the pastor, would think about that comment, Bill. <laughs> He, never mind. I'm not even going to go. I'm 100% going to tell him you said it, too, and see what he says. <laughs> and by the way, this is the Hunago Sin Cara, not the original. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, while we're at with this version of Sin Cara. This version. To 
all of you in WWE, please do not post on social media that you have asked for your release because when you do, you're going to get denied every time. <laughs> That's what I've learned. I don't know. I think it worked for one, didn't it? Well, yeah, one. Well, I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> different circumstances. Yeah. Um, Miles, ben, what do you what? have? Because I know we're running out of time on this segment. I don't think we, we chimed in. Um, the only other things I've got here are I, I thought it was interesting that Ryder, Zack Ryder, still got a huge pop, even though by then they hadn't done anything with him for quite a while. Um, and um, and I'd just like to point out that I think, you know, Daniel Bryan's rise to the title was the last great WWE story. There hasn't really been anything nearly on that level since then. And Bryan versus Wyatt was such an important, compelling part of that. And that's still never been fully paid off. Brian has still never beaten Wyatt as of the recording of this particular episode. Um, and that's sort of like the last dangling thread from that storyline, which hopefully will get some kind of conclusion at some point. Mm-hmm. By the way, Bill, um, I think we're going to talk about the rest of the card in the next segment. Yeah. Uh, how much time do we have left on this section? We have a minute 33. Oh, wow. We still have a lot. Okay. Uh, ben, what else you got? Um, let's see. No, that was about it for this segment. I mean, I yeah, just anticipating the next segment, I guess. Like, I was still really excited, even watching it back this time, at this point in the Rumble. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the pacing so far was good. There were some fun returns. Um, seeing Brian and Wyatt start to go at it was interesting. Um, and, yeah, at this point, you know, we're all excited to see Daniel Bryan back in the WWE and hoping for him to win the Rumble. And that's, I think that was the case for everybody there live at the time. All right, Bill. So with, with, since we only have a little time left, why don't you give me a verse of the Zack Ryder theme song? <laughs> oh, radio, tell me everything you know. I like the way that you're playing. I like what? I think you're something. getting the lyrics wrong. Yeah, I am. Uh, <laughs> so radio, tell me everything. I like. You know. I li- hold on, Bill. Let me let I'll let me try to think of it off the top of my head here. Uh, I like to play with the radio. I like to play it real loud. I like to drive with the top down. Something, something, something. That's it. <laughs> so. Everyone's gonna want a taste of me. Yeah. Oh, my. All right. 11 through 15. 11, Fandango. 12, Tyson Kidd. 13, Stardust. 14, Diamond Dallas Page. 15, Rusev. I have, during this segment, eliminated Kid, DDP, Fandango, and Brian. And we're going to start off talking about the rest of the card before we get into this section. Go All ahead, right. Bill. So we had a pre-show match. Was it a qualifier? No, it is not a qualifier. Where Cesaro and Tyson Kidd with Adam Rose and Natalia in their corner, okay, defeat the New Day of Big E and Cody Kingston with Xavier Woods. On the main show, the Ascension defeated the New Age Outlaws. The Usos defeated Damian Mizdow and The Miz to stay the WWE Tag Team Champions. And then this historic match. The Bella Twins defeated Paige and Natalia, which started the Push the Divas revolution bullcrap thing. 
And in really the match of the night, Brock Lesnar defeated Seth Rollins and John Cena in a triple threat match to stay the WWE champion. That was an awesome match. Oh, the Brock Lesnar Memorial Championship wasn't existing yet? Right. It hasn't happened yet. Okay. I remember that being a really fun match, that triple threat. Even though I'm not... Well, I like Brock a lot. I'm not crazy about Cena or Rollins, but it was a great match. So there was nothing before here that actually affected the Royal Rumble because I feel like there was at least one qualifier for some reason for this. Well, I mean, I did mention... And Kid's um, in there, and Kid is in the Rumble yeah. match. I, I mean, I did, I, I did mention, you know, leading up to it, you know, that Ryback, Ziggler... Oh, and, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. so they had qualifying matches to get into the Rumble. Ziggler and Ryback... Okay, this is a little spoiler, but who cares? They won to get in. Rowan did not. Okay. No. Further proof that Rowan is not a participant. Right. <laughs> DDP looks great, but not having his WCW theme, I felt, takes a lot out of his entrance. Yeah. And then we got DDP gives uh, Stardust slash Cody the diamond cutter, and I wrote, what a betrayal. <laughs> I know, on your own blood almost. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you got, Ben? So, uh, starting with DDP, uh, I love some of JBL's calls. Uh, when he gives the diamond cutter, he's like, they teach that in yoga class? Yeah. Um, and actually, there is a move called the diamond cutter in DDP yoga. I am a practitioner <laughs> of DDP yoga myself. But it is not the same as the wrestling move, the diamond cutter. Uh, I love DDP. I think he is a bodhisattva. I think he is an enlightened being who has returned to the earth in order to help other people reach enlightenment. Um, so I was very happy to see him here. I think this is actually my favorite segment of the whole Rumble. Um, we get Daniel Bryan doing his classic airplane spin, which he did a lot in Ring of Honor. Uh, once he did it on Homicide, I think 100 rotations. Um, seeing Tyson Kidd kind of makes me sad because of what ended up happening to him. Uh, I thought it was funny when Tyson and Brian were sort of competing with each other to see who could beat up Fandango. Mm. Um, Stardust is still my favorite version of Cody Rhodes. I, I like the current Cody in AEW. I think he's had the best match on almost every one of their pay-per-views, but still I loved freaking Stardust. Um, uh, when Dan O'Brien dives onto Bray Wyatt uh, through the rope, so they're not eliminated, uh, JBL references when Mil Mascaris eliminated himself by jumping over the top. Yep. Um, uh, d- uh, on the diamond cutter, DDP does a top rope diamond cutter to someone, which was pretty badass. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I thought the squaring off between Wyatt and Rusev was cool. And that's a, another missed opportunity of a feud that might've been good when Rusev was still a believable. Killer. Um, and then of course the segment ends with Wyatt unceremoniously eliminating Daniel Bryan and the first half of the rumble, right? Yeah. And that first half was really fun and really cool. And beginning with the elimination of Daniel Bryan, it's just downhill from there. Which we'll definitely get into in the upcoming segments. Bill, what do you have? 
Um, what do I have? No, you said the one was hyped for a sign that never you never paid off. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Um, it said Packer Apothecary. I have no idea what that means. Well, an apothecary is isn't that like a medicine shop? Apothecary. I've never heard of this. Word. Yes, that's a, you, like ben. a pharmacy. Yeah, it's oh, a pharmacy. Yeah, in France. Okay. Um, I ask where Cody is, because apparently this is Stardust Royal Rumble debut. <laughs> so, um, we do we do get to see hey we do get to see DDP get eliminated. Yes. At least we get to see it, Jim. You're right. It's a big improvement but, from 2002, where the yes. the Godfather's hose took precedence over a DDP elimination, and you didn't yes. even get a video of him of a replay. Of him getting eliminated. Yeah. And the big thing for me, when Daniel Bryan is eliminated, I wrote, the fans are now gone. And what I mean by that is mentally, they've checked out at this point. Because mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan was their guy. You know, it was either Daniel Bryan's going to win or we're going to piss all over the product. For not letting him win. Yeah. And as soon as he got eliminated, it's like Ben said, it goes downhill from there. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to have my thoughts uh, when, we, when we're done talking about this match about the elimination. So, okay. I mean, I think in this individual case, like, I think part of it was they wanted to build up Wyatt to fight The Undertaker at Mania. So they wanted to give him a big elimination that would get him a lot of heat. But, you know, to not even let Brian go near the end of the Rumble. And the other thing there was they didn't want people cheering him over Roman. Mm-hmm. At the end. Though, you know, it didn't help that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, Bill, how much time do we have left on this segment? 21 seconds. 21 seconds. All right, Bill, quick, give me uh, your favorite position in DDP yoga. Um, that would be the Kimberly Page. Oh, wow, look at you. (laughs) Kimberly Page, if you're listening, you're still a babe to me. Uh, 16 through 20. 16, Goldust, 17, Kofi Kingston, 18, Adam Rose, 19, Roman Reigns, 20, Big E. I have during this segment eliminated Rose, Kofi, Goldust, and Stardust. And I'll start the conversation off because my first note is very, very weird. Its first note is, stop forcing Goldust versus Cody. Which is funny because this is 2015, and... Our last episode was 2009, and they were fighting in that one. Yeah. (laughs) But then my next thing is, no, forget it. Uh, Cody versus Dustin is fine, parentheses, AEW. Yeah. (laughs) So I guess you can tell uh, two mind frames for that. Crowd chants for Daniel Bryan. Kofi is saved by the Rosebuds, and they save him from getting eliminated. Um... And that's what I got. Bill, why don't you uh, take over next? Okay. Uh, when Kofi came out, I wrote, this is back when the New Day was hated. Mm-hmm. I still hate him. So. I mean, they were hated like with a passion. 
I might probably would have preferred them then. Um, then when Adam Rose came out, I had get Adam to the Greek. <laughs> Cause that's a total ripoff of the movie. And I think I noticed a couple of the rosebuds in there, or at least two of the females. Uh, maybe, you know, one of our listeners can confirm this if it's true. I think one of them I saw was Mandy Leone and the other one may have been Taylor Hendricks. So if, Maybe if one of them, or if maybe if the ladies are listening to this and can confirm it, please let us know. Um, let's see. What I have happened to Adam Rose. He recently like gained a lot of muscle, and he looks buff. Okay. And he's got like a almost like a macho man, like rapper beard. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He had uh, problems with depression and ADHD. Uh, yeah, yikes. yeah, it was bad. But thankfully, he got himself together. So, yeah. uh, I wrote down we have JBL, the insult comic cowboy, because I think he said something about Adam Rose. I don't really remember. And then I had a question here: Why would you have Roman Reigns go through the crowd when they are pissed <laughs> because of Daniel Bryan being eliminated? Uh, I don't think it caught up to them at that point. It's no. pretty early. I mean, Daniel Bryan was out, what, probably the equivalent of, I don't know, like probably six to eight minutes, right? Probably, yeah. So, yeah, they didn't have the where the the knowledge of, of how bad it would wind up being, um, yet at least. Uh, ben, what do you got? Yeah, they were just determined to push Roman Reigns. No matter how the crowded how the crowd responded to him, it's really amazing. For years they did, um, but yeah, the crowd is actively booing the match as soon as Brian is eliminated. The match, right? Like not any particular mm-hmm. participant in the match. They're against the whole thing. Um, yeah, uh, we get the we get a um, callback to previous uh, Stardust and Goldust or Cody and Goldust uh, interactions in the Rumble. Because uh, I think uh, Goldust had eliminated Cody in the previous one. Um, yeah, we have the original. They were supposed to be babyface New Day, who the crowd hated. And I remember I was there for the Raw after WrestleMania 31. And they were by far the most hated act on the show. By WrestleMania 32, they were one of the most beloved. So, and because they had turned heel. Oh, God. Um, uh, the Roadbuds catch Kofi the rosebuds catch Kofi saving him but in or- when they do that they're out of position so that they don't save their own guy <laughs> and Adam <laughs> Rose gets eliminated and JBL's like how stupid can they possibly be I thought that was great um but anyway yeah everybody's booing Roman comes out and they boo him even harder uh the boos continue uh Big E enters as well from the new day and he gives a really great belly-to-belly suplex on Rusev, um, which is funny because in the next segment, uh, well, maybe I'll mention that when we get to the next segment. Uh, Bill, how much time do we have left on this one? 2.35. Bill, can you tell me, um, if Adam Rose comes back, would you be a Rosebud? 
Uh, I think there'd have to be a lot of money to persuade me to be a rosebud. I'm going to call you on that one. I don't think it's as much money as you think it would be to take you for you to take the position of rosebud. Maybe $25 in dinner. You know what? That's, that's about right. That's in the wheelhouse of where I was thinking. All right. (laughs) Remember when Braun Strowman was a rosebud? Yes. He was? Yeah, he was. He was in a big, goofy, like, Roman centurion armor or something like that. Oh. Good for him. Um. <laughs> the original Rosebuds on NXT were kind of great. You had a guy in, like, a full gimp suit. They were, they were like, really genuine misfits. Mm-hmm. By the time they got to Raw, they were just, like, you know, generic partiers. Right. As is often the case when acts come to the main roster. Um... Who did Ben? Did I um let you chime in on any any uh, anything you have on this segment? Yeah, well, I already I already gave my notes. Okay. Uh, the only one I have left that I wasn't going to mention before is JBL calling out uh, Rusev's um, spinning splash, uh, like uh, cannonball splash in the corner that he calls the Otto Va- Otto Von's bowling ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the great classic wrestler Otto Von's. All right, Bill. Um, what else do you have? Uh, I, have I have one more sign. All right, cool. And what do you? And what do we got for time for signs? Uh, well, it's only one, so this will take. Well, we have forty-five seconds, so this will be quick. All right, make this the longest sell of a sign ever. Hype it up, and then tell me the sign <laughs> and lead it to the countdown. Go ahead. All right, this is about Roman Reigns. It says, Reigns. Plus, Mike does not equal strong. Okay. So, does that mean that he's not strong in general? (laughs) Mike, I mean, you know, you just got to put that out there to to be sure. I mean, the sign needs to be more clear. All right, now we go to 21 through 25. 21, Damian Mizdow. 22, Jack Swagger. 23, Ryback. 24, Kane. 25, Dean Ambrose. And I have during this segment eliminated Damian. And I'll start the discussion because I literally have two things for this. One is that there's a CM Punk chant. And the second thing is that I miss Jack Swagger's Final Fantasy boss theme. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, actually, that isn't that bad of a theme. Now that you mention not for, it, it's a bad theme for wrestling. It's a great theme for a right. Final Fantasy boss. Oh, and on the subject of Jack Swagger, Michael Cole talks about last year's performance of Jack Swagger and how he did so well that he lasted a whole ten minutes. <laughs> really? <laughs> Dream big. <laughs> Dream big. Okay, Jack. Next year we're going to go for 20 minutes. Ben, what do you got? So, um, uh, first thing I have is uh, when uh, Damian Mizdow comes out, that's the first time the crowd cheers since Brian's elimination. It's mm-hmm. the first time they light up because they're excited for Mizdow. And why not? Damian Mizdow was an incredible character. I loved him. I think he's doing great in uh, NWA Power right now. I agree. Uh, 
they never another missed opportunity, another case in which they didn't really capitalize on something that was super over with the fans. And so they light up when he comes out and then they're deflated again when he's eliminated. Um, so, uh, calling back to what I was saying about the last segment, Big E did this great belly to belly on Rusev. Then Ryback does a belly to belly on Big E and almost kills him, almost drops him right on his head. Big E only saves himself by putting his hands out at the last second. And that's because Ryback was dangerous. Um, yeah, the CM Punk chant finally happened. I was waiting for that for a while at that point. And then, uh, the last thing I have is the crowd lights up again for Ambrose. And Ambrose and I think Ziggler are the only other two people that the crowd would have accepted to win the match besides Brian. But we'll talk about that more a little bit later. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, Bill, what else do you have? Well, Michael Cole references um, that Kane is two eliminations away from the all-time record. And this is important to mention because for those of you that are new listening to us for the first time, Jim Boystar and I, we have done a few episodes, actually, where we've gone back to see if the the total number of eliminations adds up to what WWE has said and if it's true. And Kane... The last that I remember we did that episode, Jim, Mm. he's still in the mix. Like, he hasn't really gotten into the position where he's way. Yeah. But he's getting close. I mean, yeah, we only have, like, four four or five episodes left. One of them is a Women's Royal Rumble. He's not in that one. Right. And, yeah, so, like... He's in at least two. Yeah. So he's got at least two more chances. And... Uh, so we're keeping track of Kane, The Undertaker, and Shawn Michaels, because those are the three that I think they usually say are, like, the ones with the most eliminations. Mm-hmm. And for those that don't, that, um, again, are new to this, is if you're eliminated, I'm not counting if you get, if you're eliminated and then eliminate someone else. Mm-hmm. To me, that's like if there was a soccer game and a fan ran out, and kick the soccer ball into a goal. It doesn't say team one, team two, and fan score because of that. You have to be in the match for it to count. And then also a good example is like Shawn Michaels in the 1990. Which one was it, Bill? Help me out here. Yeah, 94. 94 Rumble. I do not give him the uh, elimination for Diesel. Because there's no way that he was even remotely close to Diesel to give credit for it. If you look at the way that that's filmed. So, again. He's the straw that broke the camel's back in that case. He's what? I'm sorry? He's the straw that broke the camel's back in that case. He broke my back. Oh, wait, he should know all about broken backs. Oh. (laughs) But, yeah, most of the work was already done by everybody else pushing Diesel out, right? Mm -hmm. No, it's just, just, I just want, like... In that one, like, even if he touched him with his finger, I give him credit. But he was literally nowhere. No, this was mm. the one where he didn't do anything, actually, because he was um, friends with Diesel. And the story was that he's not helping Diesel. Uh, okay. It was that one, yeah. Um, gotcha. So anyway, yeah, you could check that out in the archives. I'm, I think I get pretty mad about that because they do count it for Sean. 
Oh, yeah. is that the one where he's the fake Royal Rumble winner? No, that's not. No, that's 96. Sorry. Okay, listen to that one to hear, <laughs> hear why Shawn Michaels is the only fake Royal Rumble winner in the history of the Royal Rumble. Oh, because of Vader? Pretty much. AKA the episode where I lose it. That's true. Bill gets really mad. The only time. I was a little scared. (laughs) You compared it to Jim Cornette at the time. (laughs) I don't know if that's a good comparison or a bad comparison now. I don't know. Where is he now? And that includes, let's see where he is when this episode airs. What are we Uh, doing now? What's... (laughs) We have a 25 in this segment. Look, this has gone off the rails just like this freaking match. All right. <laughs> yeah, but at least we're more entertaining. Yeah, that's true. Um, Bill, how much time do we have left? A minute 11. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, you know what? Okay, I, I have something. Please. So I was going to save this for the end, but I think I'll bring it up now. Um... When the Wrestling Observer Newsletter did their year-end awards, the Royal Rumble match and the event itself finished second in both categories. That and the year. best and the worst? No, the worst match of the year and the worst show. Oh, of- okay. Oh, yeah. The one, the, the, the show that was worse oh. than that Royal Rumble was Triple A's Triple Mania from that year. Oh. Why and I actually, so bad? I've actually seen that. That is a bad show. But why the, is it bad? Is it just there's no good matches? Is there lots of botches? Does nothing make sense? What's the terrible? It like the matches were really bad. Okay. And the worst match of the year, and I agree with this one, the Psycho Circus versus the Villanos. <laughs> oh my God! Just. <clears throat> And now we're into the last group of five. 26, Titus O'Neil. 27, Bad News Barrett. 28, Cesaro. 29, Big Show. 30, Dolph Ziggler. And I have, during this segment, leading into the final four, eliminated Titus, Ryback, Swagger, Barrett, Cesaro, Wyatt. Um, And Ambrose. Ambrose is not a... Well, well, I guess yeah. Because of Rusev. Well, we'll talk about that because this there's a lot of nonsense with with all of that. Because then I would argue Curtis Axel too, but we'll get there. (laughs) Um, We can argue a lot of right. There's a lot that doesn't make sense in this Royal Rumble. So anyway, um, what a terrible way to eliminate Ziggler. This is from someone that's like very anti Ziggler. I mean, I'm so tired of this guy. I even said he was in the last episode, and I was tired of him then too. He, he definitely has to be out. He, you know what, Bill? I said top five. I'm going to say top three. Most appearances that we have to talk about, it has to be Ziggler. Yeah. He's in the top three. I'd and, agree with And I'm sorry. I mean, this is one thing that I actually think was done. This is one thing that I actually think was done really well. The way that Big Show and Kane just dump these guys like wet garbage. Just like no ceremony whatsoever. No big grand dramatic elimination just pick them up and just slog them over the top rope and they just like um sink to the floor and they did it to ziggler wyatt and ambrose who are probably the three people that the crowd would have wanted more than roman reigns in that match 
especially Ziegler and Ambrose. Mm-hmm. And if you wanted to upset people, that was the way to do it. The only problem was that it didn't work because it didn't actually make them like Reigns, which was the, I think, intended result, was to force everybody to cheer Reigns because they're so upset at what Big Show and Kane did to the others. But the crowd was smart enough to know that that's what they were trying to do, and they didn't buy it. They didn't fall for it. Yeah. Yeah. Phil, what do you got? I want to bring up something that Doc actually brought up in the last episode, which is the Titus O'Neil botched elimination, because it is clear as day that they're trying to have set the record for shortest appearance, and it is botched terribly. I don't know if it's because of Titus. I don't know if it's because Ambrose and Reigns were so far away that it got botched. It just was done terribly. I think Titus didn't jump over cleanly enough. Right. And then I have Kane, you know, Michael Cole said, you know, oh, Kane's tied the record. And I'm like, this should be a big deal. But it's not. And then when he gets the second elimination to set the record, he breaks the record, but no one cares. The fans don't care. The other commentators don't care that this guy has finally set the record for most eliminations. Mm. It's like, oh, yay, he did. You know, it, it's almost like saying, it's almost like you're going to a funeral and you, you're saying something. Something wonderful happened in your life, and it's like, oh, congratulations on that promotion. No, oh, okay, thank you. Good job. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, yeah, that wasn't the story they were telling at the moment, right? No, it wasn't. They were telling was how hateful Kane and Big Show were for, for eliminating all their favorites. When Big Show enters, JBL says the mood just changed. The mood didn't change. It's already depressed. It just got them even more depressed. Actually, if I would have caught that line, I probably would have written Taz. (laughs) (laughs) Beep, beep, beep. (laughs) Now that would have made this so much better. Uh, Also on the Ziggler elimination, uh, in kayfabe, Stupid Dolph shouldn't have gone to the top rope and jumped off at Big Show and Kane. True. Uh, there's a moment where he's on the apron and he reaches his leg through to kick Kane. And the obvious thing to do would be just to continue to go through the ropes back into the ring following the kick. Mm-hmm. But instead, he pulls his leg back out to the apron and goes to the top rope and jumps onto two guys who almost definitely would have caught him if Big Show hadn't just punched him in the face and knocked him out. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill, do you have anything else before we get into this sloppiness that is the final six? <laughs> no. Let's just go for it. I, I, have, I have two more things. Sure. Maybe okay. one more. Um, they mention when Bad News Barrett comes out that he's a five-time Intercontinental Champion. That was, like, kind of baffling to me, that he had won. I guess, you know, the, the title meant so little by then, and they changed it so often. I didn't realize who – because I barely even remember him being champion at all. Yeah, I couldn't tell you when this ring Yeah, and I, and I felt so bad for him. You talked about missed opportunities. He was a missed opportunity. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, well, let's at least ben, did, you have, did you have something else? There's Cesaro. He does the swing. He's there for a minute. He's another guy that I think the crowd might have been happy to see win, but they've never they really missed all the opportunities with Cesaro. I think. Mm-hmm. All right, Big Show versus Kane versus Ambrose versus Reigns. Show and Kane eliminate Ambrose. Uh, then we have the crowd chants bullshit. We have Show versus Kane versus Reigns. Kane versus the Big Show shouldn't be happening in 2015. <laughs> I wrote that as well. Reigns eliminates Show and Kane. Reigns wins and then gets beat up by Big Show and Kane. They get a We Want Rusev chant. The Rock comes in. I see a These Nuts sign, so at least there's something for me to be excited about. Rusev <laughs> returns and gets eliminated. If Rusev can return, so should Curtis Axel be allowed to come back as well. <laughs> The crowd hates this, and so do I. Triple H and Stephanie come out. Why is the focus yet again on fucking Triple H and Stephanie? Mmm, I'm the best. The crowd has gone back to booing Roman because there's no difference. I don't know. I, I think I trailed off of my writing. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I'm so upset. Uh, and that's your final six. Now, I am going to ask you guys for your, your thoughts on that segment, but, Bill, I think something... I think we, we need to talk about Curtis Axel. Okay. There is absolutely <laughs> no reason why he should not have been allowed back in. Agreed? Yeah, I mean, he wasn't, it wasn't to the, like, when he got beat up by Rowan, it wasn't like he went through three tables, two of which were set on fire, and he had second degree burns. He, like, all he did was he just got thrown into the guardrail, for what I remember. Right. Now, so, yeah. He should have been in. If, like, if they had only said that Rowan took his spot, which there is precedent for, then that would explain why, why he couldn't enter. His spot was taken. Although, but you guys are right. There's since the Cole made a point that Rowan wasn't actually in the match, you're right. Axel should have had any every right to resume. But, and I will say this, you, well, you're right and you're wrong. You're right because they could have done that, but you're wrong because there would there is precedent, but none of the precedents make any sense either. And <laughs> as a Royal Rumble evaluation podcast, like for example, I'll give you an example. So 2004's Royal Rumble, we talked about um, Test was jumped in the back, right. and Mick, uh, we would Austin saw who jumped him, and he orders him to get into the ring to take his spot, and it winds up being Mick Foley. Now. I, I believe our discussion in, in that uh, Royal Rumble, and Bill, correct me if I'm wrong, was, well, why does Austin get to choose? Is it a Ross guy or a SmackDown guy? If it's not a, like, are they even with Raw and SmackDown guys? Right. If they're not, why doesn't the SmackDown general manager have a problem with this? Shouldn't he be fighting to because <laughs> you want your brand to win? Mm-hmm. That's just an example of like one of many instances that actually that doesn't make sense. Uh, another example is the uh, which kind of breaks the Royal Rumble in general is the latest one, 2019, uh, the Men's Royal Rumble. Yeah, that's another great example where it just doesn't make any well, sense. Women's with Becky Lynch, right? Well, no, the the women that one doesn't make sense either. But the Nia Jax situation breaks the whole Rumble because. 
what's the point of even drawing numbers? Why not just always attack number 30? Well, remember when we talked about it, our truth had won the number 30 right, spot. So what does that from even the mean? Match challenge. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. None of it makes any sense. <laughs> Is one of the biggest, other than maybe manage, uh, are managers allowed or not? maybe one of the biggest inconsistencies and things that just doesn't make sense is how they replace stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So but, yes, they, yes, Ben, they could have done what you said, but the chances of them doing it and making sense doesn't, it doesn't look well for their history. Yeah. And another sure. reason why I heard the biggest problem I have with the curl axle thing is the precedence. See, this is a big, like what this podcast is all about. This situation Gotcha. Even though we didn't do the 1999 Royal Rumble yet. Yeah. The precedence that the 1999 Royal Rumble sets is that you can go to the hospital <laughs> and still come back and be in the Royal Rumble match. So, once again, I tell you, Jory... <laughs> Why is Ernest Curtis Axel not allowed in here? It doesn't make any sense. He should have been yeah. in here. And you know what? Maybe for all I know, he could have been the uncrowned winner. Wait, didn't he? Wasn't that his gimmick? For a year. Yeah. For a year afterwards? There's yeah. A whole um, year which, and if they hadn't done that, you could always say, oh, well, they asked him in the back. And he was like, you know what? Screw it. Reigns is just going to eliminate me okay. anyway. And, okay, you know, I wanna, but you, yeah. You, know you can't do that either. Nope. Okay. And, <laughs> all right. Let me. Can I? I want to add something on to this. Sure, please. And, and it also it also goes with the Curtis Axel thing. I want to use an even older Rumble that we've talked really? about. Really? Oh, okay. The '91 Rumble. Randy Savage never makes it out to the match. Mm-hmm. Technically, that mm-hmm. Rumble could still have been going, and we could say Randy Savage is the uncrowned winner because he never made it out. Or 2004, Spike Dudley came out, but he got beat up by Kane and never made it to the ring. So maybe Spike Dudley is the unofficial winner of the 04 Rumble. Mm -hmm. There's many instances where that happens, and it's like, wow, you never really think about it until much later. Right. Let me give you, and, and just to Ben's point of like, what if Curtis, what if, Curtis, you know, since that's his gimmick, let him wave it off and say, like, oh, that's, you know, no, no, I, I'm out. But now I break, well, I guess this is technically before this, but I was going to bring up the 2016 Royal Rumble, which is the worst one, in my opinion, so far, um, where fucking Roman Reigns looks like that's the end of him. Nope. He's fine. He's back. The fucking worst. Just... Yeah, and 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 he they didn't even card him out on a stretcher. He just kind of limps out and is like, "Oh yeah, no, I need to take a break." Mm-hmm. And then we're expected to cheer for him when he comes back after like taking a like twenty minute break in the middle of the match. Well, you know, my biggest problem with that one, Ben, is that the, with that whole situation is the person that orchestrated it was Vince McMahon, who knows firsthand <laughs> that you could go to the hospital and come back. Right. So he should have immediately said that, like, made a de- made the referee declare on the loudspeaker, Roman Reigns can no longer compete. Right. Because then he'd be done. 
But yeah. instead, he doesn't do anything and Reigns comes back. But if there's one guy that should know that that doesn't work and that you'd have to announce it, it's Vince McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, for future... Basically, the Royal Rumble's fucked, guys. Someone could be taken out into a farm, left there for dead, and then somehow find a way to get back into the building to compete in the Royal Rumble. Right, pretty much. You could murder a person and they could still come back. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so that, uh, that's our rib because this is the culmination of... Where the philosophy comes in. Is your zombie that has risen from death the same person as the person who died pre-zombie? Ooh, that's a... Yeah. Well, see, no, mm, that's a good question. I was going to say... It, because technically it's a new person and they would have, they were able to draw a number if we're looking at it that way. <laughs> Can they be uh, if they're dead? You know what? Under under WWE's rules, who the fuck knows? Why not? This is where this episode's gone. <laughs> no, but Bill, to be fair, if we had done 2015 as like our seventh episode, yeah. we probably wouldn't get all this fired up. No, uh, the fact wouldn't. that we did all the other ones before this episode <laughs> is why this all is like, this is fucked. What the fuck are they doing? Yeah. Uh, I got a few more points to make about the end of the match. Please, okay, yeah, we're done with our rant for now. <laughs> so I thought it was great that the crowd even wanted Rusev to win. Like, they had no interest in Rusev. But anything would have been better than Reigns. They probably would have cheered if, like, Big Show had ended up winning <laughs> over Reigns at that point. Um, they popped when The Rock came out. But as soon as Reigns started doing stuff again, they immediately booed. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned, uh, you know, why the hell would Triple H and Stephanie come out at the end? I think at that point, I, I think that might have been a last-minute decision, like, fuck, maybe if we send them out there, then at least they'll be booed more than Reigns. Oh, that's like, it was all thing. damage control on the rain stuff at that point, I think. And The Rock, my favorite part is The Rock raising up Rain's hand and everyone's booing. And The Rock's like, The Rock's getting booed. The Rock's not used to getting booed. What's going on here? Man, they must really not like Roman. Oh, well. <laughs> Bill, I'm tired. All right, well, okay, I have a couple notes Please. that I want to add on to that. When Big Show and Kane are fighting each other, it is laughable in 2015. It really is. Because it's like in oh like a 2000, 2001, it's like, all right, that's a, that's a big deal. 2015, it is absolutely laughable. Um, and then I had a question. If the Philly fans are hating this so much, why is everyone on their feet? They could have just sat down, you know, booed there, and it would have been it. They could have left. They could have left. And, and that's, then, the, that's my problem with current WWE fans. Yeah. Stop watching. If you hate it, there's so much other wrestling out there. Oh, God, yeah. Stop continuing to watch week after week something that you don't enjoy. It's just going to make you an angry person. Yeah. <laughs> and then my final note, and this is so true, no one could save this match. Mm -hmm. Even if you tried, 
no one could save this match. <sighs> Tired. Huh. Bill, yeah. Bill, do you uh, did uh, Roman Reigns? You, you know what? I actually do not know the answer to this because I probably only watched this Rumble match, and then I probably don't know what WrestleMania would this have been. Thirty-one. Yeah, I definitely didn't watch that. Okay, so it ended up being a really good WrestleMania, actually. Well, let's, yeah. let's find out if I think that after hearing what happened, Bill. What's the aftermath? Did did Roman Reigns win the championship in the main event of WrestleMania? Well, let's begin with the night after the Royal Rumble. Sure. Because with our fa- new favorite thing, when did he? Ha- oh wait, I guess you don't have to make a decision anymore, right? No, not at okay. this time. Yeah. Okay, God, the sorry. The episode of Raw that was supposed to take place the following night gets postponed due to a nor'easter. I remember that nor'easter. Maybe, Even God hated the result of the Royal Rumble. Oh, my God. Yes. Fuck Graham snow, guys. Fuck like snow. <laughs> so because of that, the episode of Raw was from the from the WWE headquarters, and guess what they showed? A replay of last week's Raw. Nope, they showed the triple threat match and the Royal Rumble match. Wow! So if you missed it on the network, you got to see it for free. So let's go to the following week, which is in Denver, Colorado. Uh... The authority come out to start Raw, and they discuss the ending of the match, and Triple H has an issue, because The Rock got involved in the match. They discuss whether Roman Reigns should go on to WrestleMania, or basically be stripped of it. Do you, they realize how many people have interfered in the Royal Rumble match in the history of Royal Rumble matches? <laughs> Jesus. Okay, so already I'm already hating this, and uh, I would have tuned out anyway so far, but okay, go ahead. Sorry. So, Daniel Bryan comes out and says that he never got his rematch for the WWE title after being stripped because of the injury, and he wants to be put in the main event of WrestleMania. So they decide that Roman Reigns will face Daniel Bryan at the next pay-per-view fast lane, basically for Roman Reigns title shot. They have the match. For, well, Ro- uh, for, so, but so basically for a title shot that shouldn't be in danger. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Roman Reigns wins the match. And eventually goes on to WrestleMania. He faces Brock Lesnar in the main event of WrestleMania. And this is where we get the crime of the century, according to Michael Cole. Because Seth Rollins cashes in his Money in the Bank contract to make it a triple threat match and beats Roman Reigns to win the WWE title. Why wouldn't he wait until after the match? Because there was, and Ben, you can. He might have had to beat Brock. Right. And there is, there's like one point in the match where both men are out. Like they're laid out. 
in the ring. Mm-hmm. And Seth starts running out and he oh, ca- I, th- I thought you were like right before the match started. No, okay. no. This was during. And I think we should also mention real quick the. Let me just, let me just say, uh, well, maybe mention it, but I want to say something about that match. All right, I'll go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so, go ahead. I'm just going to let you go. As someone who was there in Levi Stadium and who did not want to see either Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar win that match at all, and also as someone who has never liked Seth Rollins at all, I was so overjoyed to see Seth Rollins cash in and have any other result than Roman uh, or even Brock winning. And and I think everyone else in that stadium felt the same way. That's the biggest pop Seth Rollins has ever gotten and probably will ever get. And he was a heel at the time. Yeah. So back to the rumble. After the event, the top Twitter trend worldwide was hashtag Cancel WWE Network. Yes. Well deserved. PW Insider reported that the network online cancellation page had crashed <laughs> and that some subscribers had called WWE to cancel their subscription, were told to call back the next day <laughs> as there were too many people attempting to manually cancel their subscription. The day after the Rumble... Dave Meltzer reported that Vince McMahon and WWE expected Reigns' victory would receive some backlash, but not to the level that they are not to the level they had experienced. And despite this, would not add Daniel Bryan to the main event of WrestleMania, since Vince felt it would be a repeat and going to the well one time too often. Which, to be fair, he's sort of right. I think they also. They didn't trust Brian at that point. He'd just come back from this uh, horrible injury where he had to drop the title. And to put him in the ring with Brock Lesnar at that point, oh, no. I think it was a risky proposition. Yeah. Two days after the event, WWE announced that the network surpassed a million subscribers worldwide. But the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter reported that the recent upset subscribers canceling had yet to be factored into the count. Four days after the event, WWE announced a new promotion for the network where new subscribers could watch for free for the month of February. In February, WWE held a poll on WWE.com asking if fans thought Brian or Reigns was more deserving of headlining WrestleMania. Following more than 33,000 votes, 86% of the votes went to Brian. Also in that month, Vince McMahon responded to hashtag cancel WWE Network in a conference call saying that the controversy was good for WWE. McMahon labeled it as a vocal minority upset that the babyface did not win and Santa Claus didn't come on that pay-per-view. But he expected those who complained to continue watching WWE anyway. Yeah, I was very this pissed was that Santa Claus was not at the pay-per-view. <laughs> I, I could I see you being mad about that. Um, no. <laughs> um, yeah. And and they even they even did the match at Fastlane between Reigns and Bryan. Mm-hmm. And they had Reigns beat Bryan in probably Reigns' best singles match to date. 
Uh, and then at the end, they had them do like the respect handshake because I think they thought, all right, if if the Brian fans see him shaking Rain's hand, that um, you know, He's got the endorsement. He'll get the endorsement, and maybe they'll like him. And even that didn't work. It's it's very weird here. Like I said, because I wasn't watching, I didn't know. Is this the same event with the Bill with the um, that terrible Triple H versus Sting match? That WrestleMania? Yeah. Yeah, it is. So I can just say I now, knowing that- two of the main matches, I definitely do not think I would have enjoyed this WrestleMania. It oh, had good. It had Orton versus Rollins in the opener, and that was pretty cool. Um, with the the great spot where Orton reverses the uh, curb the stomp into the RKO. So that was a great moment. Uh, it had AJ Lee and Page versus the Bellas, which was a pretty solid match. Um, I can't remember what else was on there. Oh yeah, Rusev. Yeah, Rusev and John Cena with Rusev coming in with his Russian tank. The entrances were great at that. They main. were. They so were being there at the stadium, especially Triple H had the like Terminator entrance. Uh, that that made it fun. <laughs> oh, the ladder match. Oh yes, the Intercontinental the ladder, match. ladder match. We uh, were. I remember seeing Ambrose and Harper at one point fighting atop the ladder in this giant stadium, <sighs> and it was like. <laughs> only a few years after i had seen them fight in a place that held like 200 people in unions yeah all wrestling so that was a kind of cool moment hey can you hear me i just want to make sure of this i just had a weird thing happen in my place with the lights I'm, that's actually not a joke so i'm you can hear i me. am i did too <laughs> what how can you you're not even in the same state as me no i know but i've had the same thing with the lights here Ugh. Paul Watch Triple out, Gene may be behind you. <laughs> Triple, no, it's probably Triple H. It's probably mid. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, like, I mean, um, good for you guys. You enjoyed it. Doesn't sound like my cup of tea, especially uh, everything that Bill told me about that Triple H Sting match. Uh, Sting match. Uh, like, why would the NWO help fucking? Why would Sting? The NWO help fucking Sting, who they feuded for most of the time. Anyway, what did you think of this Royal Rumble? Enemy of my enemy? I don't know. No, that doesn't work there. (sighs) Okay, this isn't a good Royal Rumble, but I will say this. I was wondering going into it, would I like it less than um, the 2016 Royal Rumble? And I think the answer is uh, the 2016 Royal Rumble still remains my least favorite Royal Rumble that we've talked about so far. Yeah. yeah, just not a good event. Not 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 a good time for me to watch this. Um, ben, you want to give your overall thoughts, your final plugs, and then we're probably gonna get Bill to give his, and then we're gonna get out of here. Okay, yeah. Overall thoughts. Yeah, this was. I don't know which one I think is worse, this one or the next one, but they were both horrible, depressing, nonsensical. Uh, yeah, bad, bad time to be a WWE fan. And, you know, it's gotten better in some ways since then, but in other ways worse. And now, you know, I just, I don't watch the main roster. I'll watch like the big pay-per-views maybe. I still love NXT, but that's about it. Um, plugs, uh, check me out on the Contesting Wrestling Podcast. We're on all major streaming services, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, YouTube, Apple, Google, all that good stuff. 
we have new episodes that come out every Monday and mini sods uh, that come out on Fridays. Um, in, and the, the podcast uh, has myself, uh, Doc Diamondfire, from the, uh, I guess it was the 2009 Rumble mm-hmm. episode, uh, and, and our friend Evan, who doesn't like wrestling at all. And so we try to educate him, and we also hear his, you know, rather fresh, uh, outraged, and sometimes confused reactions to pro wrestling as he tries to understand why we like it so much. Uh, yeah, and I'm Dr. Ben Abelson. You can follow me at Scribe Ben, S C R I B E B E N, on Instagram and Twitter. So I had a, a great time on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Uh, of you. course, you can follow me at That's Podcasting on Twitter and Instagram, thatspodcasting.com. I also do a show called Now That's What I Call Podcasting, where I talk about the Now That's What I Call Music series on a track-by-track basis. I'm going to be doing it for the rest of my life. And, uh, yeah, prob- probably. I don't know. We'll see. How many? Now- When's the last al- Now album that came out? Like a month uh, ago, probably. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. They still do them? Yes, they do. They're up to 70. Yeah. I'm only on 30, uh, whatever it is. 30-something. Yeah, only because I'm doing a lot of spin-offs now, so I don't really, I'm trying to get those out of the way. Yeah. Like, yeah. Le- who knows, maybe by the time this airs, I'll be doing, now that's what I call the modern songbook. That uh, sounds fun because I, I definitely have not been that much in touch with the top 40 of pop music for many years now. So it's pretty fun listening back. And then like, it's weird to hear current songs. Cause you're like, I'm kind of like, Oh, I might be talking about that in like five or six years when right. I get there. Oh, old town road. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, I, my initial thoughts are, I like it. And now, but then what happens is I, read up on like interesting facts about the songs and sometimes my guests will talk about the music video and and then sometimes i stick to my opinion and then other times i'm like no this took away from the song actually mm-hmm. um it's interesting so like i said now that's what i call podcasting uh all right bill final plugs from you and let's head out of here all right uh so the match overall i pretty much gotta agree with you guys this is a bad rumble I don't think this is the worst one ever. I do think 16 still holds the bar, you know, as the worst. Um, Even though 96 did have a good second half, but I'll I'll save my temper for another time. And And one quick thing I wanted to say with the Daniel Bryan elimination, and this is just my honest opinion. I was not upset with Bryan being eliminated. If I had been upset, it would have been at where he had been eliminated. So just wanted to add that. Um, you can check out my podcast, That Wrestling Show, which comes each and every Friday, pretty much on, you know, your typical streaming services, wherever you can find it. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at House of Bill. Follow me on Instagram at MrBilliam85. And also check out my South Park podcast, Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast. On that note, Thank you guys for tuning in to this episode. Hopefully you guys are not throwing your computers or whatever you're listening to this episode on because of this episode. And until then, the 2015 Royal Rumble has been eliminated.